Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Schimmel, the host of the Youth School Podcast. And today, uh, another week, another conversation. And this month, we're talking about asking better questions. What does it look like for us as educators, as adults with students, to ask effective questions that leads to insight and connection and learning? And I couldn't be more thrilled to have Marissa Thompson on the show because that's her thing. That's, that's what she does. And so we get to, to kind of sit inside the mind of a real-life teacher teaching language arts, teaching English at a comprehensive high school in Carlsbad, which is a city in San Diego, a small town in San Diego, near the beach. Um, so Marissa, thank you for being on the show. And just tell us a little bit about you and your family and what you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I'm, I'm thrilled to discuss this topic. Um, I have been in the English language arts classroom at Carlsbad High for 13 years. Um, yeah. I also do some work with the University of San Diego as an instructional um, coach. Redesigning. You do? That's my school. Really? Yeah, that's where I went. Yeah, no, I, I work for the um, PCE department so that teachers can go back and revamp some of their lessons and units and get some credits for it so they can move forward on the pay scale and do some awesome. better things with kids. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool gig. And then I've been doing football podcasts like this and mm -hmm. some blogging and um, presenting. So it's been a really eye-opening couple of years. Kind of yeah. getting a bird's eye view. And is that a new thing for you? Kind of the, the leadership side of teaching and like you'd say, blogging and podcasting? It is. I started blogging and podcasting about a year ago. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I started presenting. Uh, I've been working with UCSD for about three or four years now. But it's still relatively new. For the first 10 years, it was I, I was a classroom teacher. And I still am a classroom teacher. I never want to leave. Um, but I also, there are more goals that I have and, and more things that I want to do within education. So it's, it's been fun. Tell us about that. Like, what, do you, what are your goals? What do you want? What do you want to do? You know, I'm, I am willing to try things if I think that it's good for kids. And I, I think that most of us would, would say that. Um, but it's really experimenting and then sharing the news of that experiment, the good, good the bad, and the ugly, today, the ugly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> had a tough day today. But um, with other teachers and having, you know, those philosophical conversations about education and mm. are we meeting our goals and how do we feel about how our students feel about their education and you mm. know are we communicating with parents and all of those kinds of topics that I think when we get bogged down with well I have the following things due in the next two weeks or I have to enter those scores for the district goal or mm -hmm. we get, we get you know tied down we our loftier goals get brought down to you know real life earth and uh, I'm trying to find that healthy balance between the two what you mentioned how our kids feel about their education experience what what are you seeing what are you learning you know the more that I talk with my students which sounds crazy right like as opposed to what but yeah <laughs> doesn't it but yeah. the more that I, I speak with my students about how they're feeling how they're feeling about their education how do they feel about um, 
how effective it is in accordance with the goals that they have for themselves and for the current, you know, job market or the future yeah. job market, the political climate, all of those things is the more that I have those conversations with students, the more I realize that there's more work to be done. And even when I say that, I don't, I really don't like that phrase. There's different work to be done. Yeah. There's different work to be done, you know? So um, they're not, it depends on who you talk to, but the vast majority are not as satisfied as we would hope that they are. Um, but I think that's also really promising because I think that a lot of teachers aren't as satisfied with the way that things right. are, you know? How, how do you, what do you ask students? How do you get to know what their experience is? Uh, I start the year asking them what kind of skills they think they're going to need for their future, for their career, oh. for college, for... That's cool. Yeah, well, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> Might as well. I, right, and I'm an English language arts teacher, so my skills of reading, writing, communicating, listening to people, those transferred to absolutely everything. Yeah. And so I know that my content is really important, but what kind of skills do you think you need? You know, mm. as much as I want you to enjoy embedding quotes in your mm -hmm. essay, <laughs> what do you think you really need? And a lot of the students can come up with, I mean, if we asked this of educators, which is always a really fun experience, they come up with some really wonderful goals that we should be having students practice on a daily basis. Um, and we're not like, we just, we just yeah. aren't. So yeah. um, the collective we, right? Right, right, right. We just aren't. And, um, and, or we could be doing a lot more, I guess I should say, because there are definitely teachers out there doing that. And uh, the students can come up with a lot of those skills, but what's, what's scary to me is how many skills they will need and they need to practice that they can't come up with. What do they say? What what are they? Yeah. What are they able to articulate? What do you see as like the difference between what they actually need? Well, some of the things that they say that they need are, I need to know how to take notes, and I agree. You do huh. probably need to know how to take notes so that you can go attend a lecture in college. But how about work life balance, or how mm. about um, reflecting on your own productivity, or yeah, um, what do you do when you disagree with somebody's idea or run into an obstacle? How do you react to that? And mm -hmm. what, are your, what are your next steps? Mm -hmm. you know? um, those kind of skills that all these employers are saying that our graduates don't have. And mm. um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's an opportunity really to talk to students about, you're going to learn a lot of things um, content-wise, mm. but let's see how many soft skills we can knock out at the same time, how many things we can get you to practice all at once. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's my goal is how many how many soft skills can I fit into this thing that is going to cover my content? Well, yeah, not one or two things like eight at the same time. So and we're explicit about that. We'll we'll say, you know, what sort of skills did you learn today? And they'll say, you know, let's I just go with embedding quotes because it's easy. Mm -hmm. you know, I learned to embed quotes. Mm -hmm. Right. But you did that with a small group. You did that individually. Mm -hmm. You checked it with somebody else. You reflected on whether or not this was an improvement compared to what you used to do. How do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about your growth? It's only been an hour. You've already learned how to do something. Right. So, yeah, it's a it's a process. Every skill is. Every skill takes practice. But I think sometimes we do our group projects and we do those, what, once a unit as something fun, something added on. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that's when they're getting a lot of those life skills that they're really going to be using regardless of what their future is. Mm. And uh, so I'm trying to incorporate more on a daily basis. And a lot of the people that I work with um, in my district or, you know, through USD and mm -hmm. that I'm at meeting at conferences, they're trying those things too. So it's really promising. I feel really optimistic. Are you, because you're asking those kind of questions to students, are you, are you finding that students kind of open up to you about like other teachers on campus? Yeah, and I, yeah, and that's dangerous, right? I know. I, you know. Um, can, you, can you name some names, maybe? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. So, yeah, no, um, <laughs> they they do, but I have to say, regardless of who the the people are, they're they're very careful. We have some ground rules, right? So, um, you can describe the activity or okay. um, the approach yeah. and why you feel it's not effective. Yeah. Um, but I don't need their names. Right. You know? um, that's not, it, we're not complaining, we're not gossiping. Um, we're talking about efficacy and efficiency yeah. and um, whether or not it's promoting you as a person to be better at, you know, but we are not going, ah, I hate this class. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's different than that. And I, they do appreciate it. That is. That is true, and a lot of them can have those conversations. Yeah. Well, that builds trust. Even you asking that question builds trust with them. Like you care, you want to see things through their eyes. That's that's awesome. I do, and I think that they well, who wouldn't appreciate that? Yeah. Right. Right, and um, uh, I'm I do my very best when you know, when we discuss even my class or my activity, you know, these are my ideas. This is what I'm thinking. What does your life look like in the next three weeks? Cause here's what I've got planned hmm. and it's due on this day or whatever. Well, you know, we've actually got a huge, whatever with this class. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, and then I'll give them their options and they'll vote. And a lot of times they'll still vote the initial way that I had planned. Um, when hmm. they hear why, Yeah. you know, and a lot of a lot of teachers get really frustrated or um i don't I don't know why they get frustrated at the why are we learning this or why are we doing this? I think that it's being taken as an attack, but I think it's like the ultimate question that a kid can give you yeah right right you know um and I think that's good. I think it's good for kids to to ask that question and analyze it and mm -hmm. just as much as I ask them to analyze what are you doing right now and how is that working for you yeah totally yeah yeah. How's yeah. that working? Tell us You're about right. the shift you've made inside your classroom the last couple of years. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, tell us about the shift you've made in your classroom the last couple of years, like the style of how you engage the content or ask the students to engage the content. Well, a few years ago, I had a student who was failing and had failed every year of English. And he was what a friend of mine called a master communicator. Hmm. really really bright could totally handle um english 11 junior year literature um mm -hmm. could analyze it understand it all the skills were met but they weren't doing quote unquote the homework okay um and that's when things really clicked for me that well something's very wrong then if this is a student who should be excelling and and really getting the best grade in the class based on their skill why are they failing my class? And is my homework really worth, mm. you know, does right. it equate to these skills? Um, and really, if I look back at it, my stuff was um, not something that I'm really proud of as a teacher. 
Um, and so I started making changes, but what was neat was it was one change would be a catalyst for the next change and the next and the next until I got really comfortable with changing my instruction, changing my instructional approach. So I'm now at the point where I don't have homework besides mm -hmm. reading. Um, I don't have quizzes. I don't have tests. I don't have question lists, mm -hmm. um, journals, bell work. I don't have those kinds of things anymore. <laughs> so, um, it's a, it's a, well, I guess a radical approach, but it's a discussion centered classroom where students can share their ideas and um, all they have to do is come in ready to discuss mm. and I can assess their thinking, um, which works for ELA. Okay. It may not work for math or science, but I do think that there are shifts that can be made. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. help me understand, like I'm, I'm a student in your class and you're yeah. telling me I've got no homework, I've got no quizzes, I've got no tests, but come ready to discuss. Uh, what is that really like? What is a student experience like? They walk in, is it a circle? Are you still in rows? Like, how's that, how does it work? Right, yeah, I have this conversation at the beginning of the year a lot. Um, yeah. uh, and where do I get my grade? Sure, yeah. So um, the students come in, they will have read something at night if we're studying a, um, a novel. And the students will come in and go into a small group, wherever their table is, whoever they choose okay. to discuss with. And they'll have some question prompts um, along with their own kind of notes or annotations, which are optional. Okay. They wanted to take notes. And then they have a short conversation for about 15 minutes. And I make my way around to six or seven groups. Uh -huh. And then they curate that conversation. They come up with their top two thoughts, their their gold from their mining, right? Okay, Whatever yeah. the topic you are. And they throw that up onto the um, classroom board and that becomes our class discussion for wow. the next half hour. So they will have grappled with the material individually and then in small groups yep. and then as a class. And then we, we keep going, but that's a foundation of our, of our class. But what's nice about it is, is the team that gets built from that the culture that comes within mm. the classroom transfers to everything else that we do mm. yeah it's the starting point it launches it and you're facilitating that group discussion i'm facilitating the class discussion um but the class discussion focus is decided on by the students okay yeah okay yeah it's a lot of playing devil's advocate yeah Right. You know, um, and a lot of pulling the content out into the real world. So, okay, mm. novel is fictional. These characters are fictional. The situation is fictional. But what does that mean for you? Can yeah. we glean anything from that? Um, and does it really matter? You know, so when then we talk, when we do that, if you look at the conversations that we have and the yeah. skills that the students are using, they're reading they're analyzing they're communicating their ideas clearly they're building on one another's ideas challenging mm -hmm. each other um curating mm -hmm. and contributing to a team effort it's a lot of skills tell me about not so you just covered like what it looks like but what is it what is it like for you as a teacher now like what's what's different about your world how does it feel to teach in that environment 
I think my favorite thing about it is I feel like I'm leading a team. I feel mm. like I feel like I'm a coach. I feel like I'm, you know, you hear guide on the side. You hear these these yeah. cliche, and I've never really understood what it meant until I was helping students feel very confident about their ideas because they're great ideas. Yeah. Um, I never have to tell a student, well, that's not true. I very rarely have to tell a student that I think that they're wrong hmm. because it's their reading and their mm -hmm. understanding and, and they're bringing it to me. I think this. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, why do you think that? And if they can back it up with the textual evidence and analyze right. what they think that means for them as a reader, there's nothing wrong in that. Only good. <laughs> and I, only good. Yeah. And um, I think that that's my favorite part about it. My, my students have said, I've had many students say, I feel smart. Mm. And it used to be, I failed that quiz. I totally did the reading. Yeah. You know, all of those kinds of statements. Um, but now it's just, I really like this book. What do you think they mean when they say they feel smart? What does that mean? I think they're so used to getting things wrong. I think they're so used to coming in feeling bad that they didn't do their homework. Yeah. Or that they couldn't do their homework for a lot of our, I mean, if we're really going to talk about it, they couldn't do their homework for whatever mm. reason. Mm -hmm. They couldn't or they wouldn't or whatever mm -hmm. reason you've got. They come in, they walk into the classroom feeling bad. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and need to hide. I remember that feeling. Right, I you know. Yeah, busted, exposed, yes. ashamed. Yes, and I don't have that typically in my classroom. Right. Ninety-eight percent of the time, that doesn't exist. Um, same thing with you know, I I don't deal with cheating anymore. I haven't had any sort of right. <laughs> You know, besides plagiarism of a of an essay, which happens every time I assign an essay, there's always one. But uh -huh. um, you know, they they're cheating on their homework, they're cheating on their quiz, and it, it you lose that battle. There's there's no more us versus them. These darn kids, it's not part of it anymore. Hmm. Yeah, it's it is an interesting dynamic to remove the stress and worry and shame and the need to hide. I now, nowadays, I think professionally, I play an extrovert and I'm social with people all the time. Right. But back in my student years, I was complete introvert, reserved, shy for many reasons. But I just, I can imagine starting your class as an 11th grader and hearing about that for the first few days, saying, I'm going to discuss, I'm going to share my ideas, I'm going to, you know, present things openly. That That could have felt like the worst thing in the world to me how how does that arc go for those kinds of students do you think well and that that happens yeah right and if it helps I'm an introvert too okay, um cool. and and whenever we say that people don't believe it I know but, um, in front of people do only 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 the introverts who are you know seemingly yeah. extroverts would get that yep. um yeah a lot of my students are uncomfortable with that especially in the beginning and we actually practice talking to one another about topics that are um, inconsequential hmm. and um, not related to a score not related yeah. to a book not related so the first one i do is adults versus teenagers huh. is the topic so yeah. anything that'll get them 
you know, a little frustrated, kind of start, start having those conversations. Um, I learned from an avid conference beach mm. or pool, right? Winter mm -hmm. or summer. Uh, we also have had debates on pie versus cake. That's great. Icebreaker. Yeah. You know, anything, anything. And so I do allow the students to choose to sit wherever they want. Okay. And that's part of the reason. Um, I want them to feel very comfortable to share their ideas. Mm -hmm. for, for the students who do not want to speak in class, those annotations, those notes for the reading that I was talking about, yeah. they're optional. So I will provide a score that I think for their reading or analysis, hmm. and they can prove their mastery in other ways. Okay. So some of them speak to me one-on-one, -on -one, some turn in those annotations, and hmm. um, some offer or ask for an alternative assignment. It's no problem. Yeah. We're all just here, you know? Right. right. We're all just here. We're all trying, and they, they didn't choose my class, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I try to be as... Um, as respectful as I can with while yeah. still pushing them to yeah. try to master the skill of talking to someone else. Cause I feel like that's unfortunately yeah. becoming a lost art. Oh my gosh. That, I think that's, that's one of the many reasons I'm so thrilled to hear about what you do and how you do it. Oh, thanks. The reflection, the thinking, the awareness, like that's what we're trying to do with you school. That's why we exist. I help students think and, talk and listen about right. life and how it's all going and, and their place in it like that's beautiful in my ultimate life I would be in high, a high school English teacher that's what I should have done in hindsight I don't know how I got to this place but that was my big dream when I was little but you are a teacher yeah yeah you know you are yeah. a teacher and you're, you're teaching us um, yeah. how to make this work for our students for what's best for our students and we need it well, I'm curious about your lens, like from this, the social emotional side of things from life stuff. I mean, that's the latest term we have for what happens <laughs> underneath the, the surface is social emotional learning, social emotional growth and development. What do you see uh, by the, by the way you, you do class now? Uh, what do you see? What, what's happening? What's shifting and how you're doing it? I think the students, because they're more comfortable and because it's a, it's a explicitly discussed and um, shared goal that we do everything that we can in class so that they can have their afternoons open for their other homework or sports or whatever else they're doing, there is an increased feeling of teamwork, comfort, um, appreciation. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a shift in confidence hmm. and um, offering to one another, offering assistance to one another. Um, there, there is a shift there, but I think that's also because there's room to do that. Yeah. There's room, there's time, there's opportunity to do that. And in my old classroom, that, that would not have been the case. So I see that shift there, but I still see my students really struggling hmm. and uh with what i see them struggling just with lots of different pressure coming from lots of different areas um mm -hmm. and especially right now with testing and ap testing mm -hmm. uh, the end of the year and and they will say every time in december and june man my teachers are all trying to fit everything in mm. and we're drowning like, yeah. we're just absolutely drowning so um, I try to be 
super conscious of that and what can I get rid of? What's, what do I, what is necessary um, without just, you know, not doing anything for the last month, Uh, you know, like at some point I still have to, and they're very good about it. You know, I'll say, you know, I still have to have my class. Yeah. I have to be able to do certain things and you know, which ones do you want to get? I actually had that conversation last week. I can get rid of one of these, but which one do you think we should Mm -hmm. get rid of? Why? Mm -hmm. And so we'll, we'll walk through it together, but, um, they're, they're very aware, um, of what's going on. And I think there's also this feeling of, they're very aware that people aren't listening. Hmm. And, uh, I think that's their biggest complaint and I think it's a valid complaint. Yeah. Everybody wants to be heard. Yeah. So. So if you could wave your magic wand and I know you're doing this work already, Twitter blog and by the way we're going to link all that in the episode show notes uh you're presenting at conferences you're going to conferences like if you can wave your magic wand uh, on school on on the student experience what are the what are the top things that come to mind for you oh man what a great question (laughs) um i'm sorry i wasn't expecting that question if i could wave a magic wand um i think that i would Get rid of the minutia. Mm-hmm. I'd get rid of the minutia in exchange for things that matter. Hmm. And the things that matter personally to the student. Yeah. Uh, and, and their talents or, or, I mean, right now we're reflecting on the skills that they want to improve on. And if we could have meaningful assessments that matter to the student and that let them shine and stretch them at the same time, and then give them the time and space to do that, that would be it. I, one, of the, um, I, one of the speakers that I was able to hear, there was a panel talking about the possibilities of school. And I, two things struck me from this conversation. One was school might be the least likely place to learn anything because of the rigid constraints. Yikes. Yeah, I know. I, I felt really good about my career choice at that moment, you know. Um, but it's, I, I hate to say he's probably right. I, I learned everything that I needed in life from um, sports and travel mm. that I really feel strongly are, are part of my character and value system and work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, so his idea was, what if you accepted work from anywhere? Mm on anything to satisfy the skills that you're trying to get them to master. And I found that really interesting. Yeah. Like if they analyze something from a movie or a a, a commercial they had seen or, you know, whatever, they could analyze theme from many different things. It doesn't have to be the material that I particularly present to them. So Mm. that was an interesting statement. And then the other thing that I thought was, was neat is a lot of schools are, completely changing their schedules to be um to offer three or four hours of work time students are still at school Hmm. um, but they are just at school and can float around and work with whoever they need to work with or go Hmm. meet with their teachers in an office hour but during the school day so they would check in with teachers in the morning or on mondays and wednesdays Hmm. and they could do a mini lesson half an hour something yeah have the rest of the time to do work that's cool it is cool it's it's challenging to think about it but um i'm okay with 
those kinds of ideas. Let's, if it's working and places are trying and it is working and it's opening that space and, and decreasing stress and increasing autonomy. Great. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've got two last questions. If that's okay. Cool. okay. Um, After the magic wand question. You I still know. I know. You're probably going to think about that for the next few days too. I know. Redo <laughs> that later. Um, good questions and bad questions. I don't know if that's, if that's your category, good questions versus great questions. Like what are just some, I don't know, quick tips on how do you, how do we ask better questions of students? Um, that's, that's a funny question. Um, I like to ask, why do you think that is? Hmm. And that's the, that always gets an interesting response. Mm -hmm. um, or what do you think the cause of that is? Or how do we combat that? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so even if they come up with the cause, well, how do we even solve that? Uh, anytime that we can move from complaint to solution, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, I also like to ask, well, where's your role in that? Ooh. And what's my role in that? Whatever the, whatever the topic may be. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm always trying to move away from, from complaint to solution mm -hmm. or from blame to, mm -hmm. well, I want to say empowerment, but mm -hmm. What can you do? So there's a, there's a statement in my classroom that says E plus R equals O, Jack Canfield, like chicken soup for the soul guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's event plus response equals outcome. Okay. Like you can't control the event. Yes. But depending on your response, you can control your outcome. So that's all that's on you. Like, that's I'm sorry about the event, but that's on you. Yeah. So now what? Right? So yep. um, devil's advocate is the best way to kind of characterize those good questions great questions i think provide a a, a positive response a, yeah. a, a response of possibility from the student yeah i remember i was a business major in, in undergrad and one of the management classes we learned about a japanese management uh, i don't know practice i guess and, it, and they, it was called, at least the way I remember, it was called the five whys. And the idea is if someone has a solution for a problem, you, you ask them five layers of why. So um, I've been using that lately more and more students, particularly when we ask them these really lofty questions like, what do you want to do when you get older? What's your, what path are you on for education? And, um, because it's so easy to, to hear students say, oh, I'm going to go into engineering. Right. And then we just say, oh, wow. Awesome. Impressive. So how do you, you know, what did we move on and carry on? Oh, what, you know, where are you going to go to school and how are you, what kind of engineering? But this idea of five whys, like, well, why engineering? And it's not to like head fake them or try to stump them. Right. It's actually to drill down way deeper. And along the way to those five, you might, anybody can find, yeah, that's actually not a great answer. <laughs> like I was, I was going to go into accounting and the first layer was, because that's going to be awesome and it's going to make a lot of money. And right. the next layer was because that's what everyone in my family does. But then the next layer is like, well, um, I'm kind of good at math, I guess. I like having money. <laughs> and then it gets, gets real shaky there. Maybe the fourth layer was like, well, I just think that's what my family would be proud of. Right. And then it's kind of, I like, don't know what else to do. I only right. know four other Ooh. options of jobs. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I thought it was I, my real passion is teaching, but apparently I'm not supposed to do that in my family it's not I don't know respectful enough or it makes enough money or whatever that is that's right and all of a sudden you're this you're having a different conversation 
Yes. Yeah, you're really unpacking it. I am. Um, I love that. Although I have to tell you, I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and it, when they <laughs> get to their fourth fly, I'm freaking out. Like, just I don't even ask your dad. <laughs> it's so funny. But it's true, and I um I push that too with an exercise of what do you really want, mm. and they'll come out with, you know, yeah, I want a mansion on the beach, and I want you know, and so do I. Right. 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 Um, well, what do you really, really, and then I get to, what do you really, really, really want? And a lot of them will just say, I just want a family that I can be with in quiet mm -hmm. moments. And it's like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's a different track, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's interesting to see those layers. And I do think a lot of our students choose, you know, it's medical business, engineering, marketing, yeah. uh, they or, or teaching. And mm -hmm. those are the only, evidently, the only jobs which exist. Yeah. Just, just as much as there are only five schools that exist. Right. You know? yeah. So. Just, uh, yeah. Right. 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 That's yeah. you're going to one of the five schools. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I do Why? think that uh, those those conversations are worth our time. Mm -hmm. And they may sure. not show up on a on a test. They may not show up. Well, anywhere except for where it really matters. Well, the reason, another reason why I love the way you're doing what you do is uh, we have three kids and one of them is like a week from being a teenager. And, and I know this, and you know this too from working with so many teenagers over the years, teenagers pull away from thoughtful conversations with their, their, with their family. They just right. kind of stop having them for a while, uh, unless it's like an argument <laughs> and that doesn't yes. go well. So all these, but, but you're also at that season of life, you're actually making these really important decisions about who you are and how you interact with people and your identity and your purpose, all that stuff is happening. And you're not having those conversations with the people that you most significantly ought to be because right. of just the way you're, you're developmentally going about life right now. And, and I get it. You need to create your own identity, but you are creating this environment for, for humans, for kids to have those thoughtful conversations. And you get to do that through the lens of literature, which I love so much. And for them to think about life and think about themselves and learn from each other, like that is what school is for. And I'm so glad you're doing it. Well, that's just the greatest compliment I've ever gotten. So I'm just mm. gonna record that. I'm glad to <laughs> yeah. that every day, especially, after day like every day. <laughs> especially on days like today when it yeah. does not go well. So. <laughs> well, if we're gonna, if that was a happy note, let me ask a last question. I might not leave you on a happy note. Maybe this might be cruel because it's it's the middle of may and you got a long way to go but uh, thanks this you, is another great conversation ender thank you well, so here's here's the question like you it's summer yeah. and and you have your perfect day what are you doing what's your perfect day oh my summer, summer day? day oh man um i live i am blessed beyond blessed i live about three miles away from the beach um my family is lucky enough we have purchased a, a jeep and nice. the top is off oh my and, God. and the stereo is getting fixed. So, um, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be at the beach a lot, Awesome. a lot, a lot. And my, um, my five-year-old is now boogie boarding, nice. so I'll be boogie boarding nice. with her. And, yeah. uh, I'm sure my son will, he's three years old and be on his dad's shoulders and we'll be boogie boarding together mm -hmm. all day, just to the point of t a terrible, terrible sunburn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Those days, you know, that's great. so that's a good, that's a good one. To good. Leave. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> good. Well, I wish you many of those days. Thanks, <laughs> so Long much. Days. thanks for thinks, leading this kind yeah. of conversation.
conversation. Thank you for being on the show and uh, thanks for being a friend and we look forward to more work together and learning from you and I want to come and see your class. I just, I mean, I want to go, I'm going to be in your class really, but I want to come and see soon, see what happens. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Come have those conversations. They're good ones. Good. All right. Thanks, Marissa. Take care. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us for the U School podcast. We wanted to let you know that we have a new free mini course that's available for you. It's called the Real Me Course. It's available on our website. Go to theuschool.com forward slash register. Create an account and you'll see the Real Me course available for you for free. Within three quick exercises, you can get clear about your identity, about who you are, and what matters to you. Let us guide you through video and through interactive prompts for you to figure out and get clear about your real story. So go to theuschool.com and thanks for joining us today.